Stalled for time so much. Wow. The fucking hamster is turning that wheel really. Looking at the waveform, it's the only thing people are going to hear is my refrigerator defrosting. 374. I'm Anthony Geyer. Joining me is Arthur Geese. Yeah. Uh, Mash Andrenay. Hello. And yawning James Faulkner. Yeah, hello. Yeah, hello. Look at James and introduce Matt. I don't understand. Oh, that works. Because I was going in a circle, but I was just happened to look at James. I don't know. (laughs) Also, I also used to like doing that to fuck everyone up. I used to do it all the time. Except now it fucks you up more than it fucks us up. Um, Yeah, man. Brains are weird things. Yep. Um, They start to suck more as you get older. I'm living proof. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe that can be different by the time that I'm... Nope. All medical advancements that are ever going to be uh, advanced for preserving our brains and longevity are all going to be long after we're all dead. So there's your fucking happy note for the day. That doesn't seem true at all. I don't know about preserving our brains, but maybe helping with some... Maybe they'll understand some neuroplasticity things and I'll be able to get some robot that can train me to do something. I'm just starting to gradually accept that I'm going to be tooled for that shit. Like, what'll happen is it'll be like somebody will come out and be like, we found the cure to Alzheimer's, but it only works for people under 65, and I'll be like 65 and a half. It used to piss, it would piss my wife off. It still does sometimes when she's like, you can't do that. You got to treat your knees better because what are we going to do when you're old? And she's like, don't say fucking robot legs. Because that was what I used to say. She'd be like, oh, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I'll have robot legs. And I was like, there was no joking in that. I was like, yeah, I'll just have robot legs. We're pretty close to robot legs. So, or a robot that can push me around. You won't have to worry about it. We're definitely, or carry you around. Like robot shoulders for Anthony to ride around. Yeah, I definitely think we're super close to like replacing limbs with. I mean, they already replace knees. Yeah. Yeah. And and arms. But that's just not the answer. If you walk out, they can use it from a corpse. Can yeah. they replace me with a scalp that has hair? Uh, probably. It's possible. It <laughs> yeah, yeah. seems a little drastic. I mean, I have, they've grafted a full face onto a human, so why couldn't they graft a scalp? There's like a penis transplant. Yeah. Recently, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. No, they did it recently, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, actually, recently. I actually kind of like being bald. I'm okay with it. That's good. It's It's easy. It's super, super easy. I used to think that I would want to get like uploaded, like, I, like if that was available. But, yeah, yeah, I think about that but, but By the time that I was probably it was available and safe you'd be oh, too cranky i, I I'm, i'd probably <laughs> already be in parts of dementia or other things so like what are they actually restoring like keeping like that part of me like no like that's i don't know no thanks yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't know I'm, i think i'm still like a little bit of me is holding out hope that, that but it wouldn't be you right? it'd thing. be a copy of you the me of today is not the me of seven years ago like you're never the same thing Yep, you would be a different person. I'd upload person myself sure. to that computer and then kill it as a competitor. You're not me. <laughs> <laughs> commit, is that, kill myself. Suicide? Is that suicide? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll leave that I'm not conundrum. trying to make white a suicide. It's like no, I'll leave that conundrum to video game stancer. That sounds like a cool video game story. <laughs> Fratricide? 
Yeah, close. I think it's closer to fratricide than suicide, right? Because well, no, because it's you killing you. But it's not you. We just agreed it's not you. So it's just I don't murder. think that we. I think you skipped over the part where we agreed that you. It's yeah, not we you. all said it's homicide. <laughs> uh, so speaking of homicides, yep, video games. There's where a ton of video games with homicide. Lots and lots of homicides. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Most yep. of them. Have yep. I played any video games recently that have had? That weren't that. Yes, I what, have. What? What? So did you just you had like a whole thing inside. I played. On the I played Frostpunk. Uh huh. That's got uh, some yeah. homicide in it. I'm pretty sure. It does, <laughs> but you don't have to. That's the thing. Is is it's not like a lot of games where you have a gun in your hand and the goal is to commit homicide. Frostpunk is a city builder sim, except it's a. Uh, it's not the fun thing about it is it's not post apocalyptic. It really is just apocalyptic. It is during the apocalypse. Hmm. Like, I guess you could say it's post-apocalyptic because the premise is that sometime in the late 19th century in an earthquake, or, or there was an earthquake and a huge volcano blew, so much ash that it has caused a worldwide freezing. Oh, okay. And as the final survivors, you know, there were, every country's been kind of sending out people on expeditions to see if there's some place that could be livable. Hmm. And you and some Americans ended up in in the north, way north, uh, Antarctica, basically. You, mm-hmm. know, and, uh, you mean Arctic? In the not Arctic, a, not Antarctica. No, no, that's south. <laughs> in the Arctic. And you, guys, sure. and you guys have found places where there's like heavy resources and stuff, and more importantly, a source of geothermal energy, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the whole building aspect of it is building concentric rings around this geothermal energy plant and connecting other geothermal energies because the biggest thing that you're fighting for your people is the cold. Right. And so you start with tents, and at first tents have to be super close to the central core to stay warm, and eventually you're having to build them out beyond it, and those people are having chances to freeze. You can develop technology to put, like, heaters inside tents, eventually develop bunkhouses, which are slightly warmer, houses, which are even warmer. Hmm. Um, You can do things like build tents that people can be served hot meals which raises the heat level like one rating and the reason you're doing this is because always looming on the horizon you see like in two days the temperature is going to drop 20 degrees and so it's like negative 60 which means like all of our buildings that were comfortable are now like freezing which means people are in jeopardy and is the temperature continuing to drop or is that cyclical it's cyclical Hmm. but it's sometimes it'll be like all right negative 20 is like totally livable Mm -hmm. um but like a uh, negative 60 is like, yeah, that's brutal. And people work slower, which means that they're not going to produce coal, which means that there's always the chance that your generator is going to go dead. And if your generator goes dead, your people are going to start like freezing to death overnight. Right. <laughs> and so the premise of it is that you have the society and you have, you're the leader and you have to make the hard choices. So you can pass laws every certain amount of time. And so you can pass things like child labor. <laughs> and whether and then you know further down that tree should child labor be only safe jobs or should child labor be dangerous jobs like you know hmm. digging the coal as opposed to just collecting the coal and 24 hour wor- work shifts and sometimes you have to do that it's not like i wanted to it was literally the generators are going to run out and we are going to die if we do not work at 24 hours. sounds like a metaphor for game development it, it, <laughs> it is yes it is grinding your way to see like and you see the milestone. Arthur, that's actually a great. You see the milestone. <laughs> it is going to be negative sixty in two days. We are way fucking behind. Twenty-four hour work shifts. Children too. 
go and <laughs> crunch fuck your family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and a few people died and burnt out. Yep. yep, and we buried them. And so there, there are two bars you have to worry about in this game. One is hope, and one is discontent. If discontent fills, <laughs> you have an ultimatum. If hope drops all the way down to zero, you get an ultimatum, and that's like a big thing that's going to potentially fuck you over. And so in the situation I was playing, because there are different campaigns that are different situations, mm-hmm. was there's this group that you're trying to convince to stay, who are the Londoners who want to try and go back to London. And so depending on how you're playing, they're gathering more and more rivals to join them. And it's like the people who want to stay in the store in the mist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, well, apt comparison, because one of the things I did is I developed, you could go two paths, order or faith. And I went faith. Oh, dear. And I developed, <laughs> basically, you know, helped people develop this faith system, built churches that gives people more hope if churches are within range of them, mm-hmm. put shrines up, and then developed these faith keepers, which is like a temple of armed people. I'm sorry, did you build the Inquisition? <laughs> and so the faith keepers can That's do, a yes. The yes. faith keepers That's can do things like yes. public penance to certain people who have been bad. You made religious police. <laughs> yes, so they do like public whippings by the generator at certain times and that would give everyone more hope. Fucking that gives people hope. Oh, and then Jesus. the Londoners would do public speaking and I could send in the faith breakers, the, the faith keepers to break them up. So when it came to the ultimatum with the Londoners, I sent the faith breakers in. They killed 11 people, wounded 40. But they didn't fucking leave. <laughs> and I did it to keep society together. <laughs> you know? And meanwhile, there's a meta story going on. It's really cool. It's a lot like a, like a b- 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 Oregon Trail, where you're creating these scouting parties and sending them out on this meta map mm-hmm. to things. And so it'll be like, they see tents on the rise, and you reach the tents. You click the explore button. It does this really cool art splash hmm. and tells you, like, you know, they arrive at the tents, and they dig up, and all they find are bodies that are missing all their major muscle mass. And it's mm-hmm. clear that the people here were consuming these people. But in the distance now, you can see f- old tracks leading to a cave. And so you eventually go to the cave and you might find, like, a few survivors. And you can send them back with your scouting party, send them back on their own. Some of them will die. Kill them and take their stuff if you want. <laughs> but either way, you, your scouts are going out finding new supplies, finding, like, the wrecks of an American ship that was, like, a big icebreaker that was sent out. Hmm. But your goal is to ultimately try and find... You have you believe that there's like another city who's out there probably doing better than you, hmm. and it's int- there's like little kind of meta narratives that are really interesting. Like you find the American city eventually, and the American city was run by Nikolai Tesla, and huh. you find all these journals and stuff that tell you that he basically went crazy and became like, well, you. he did he did all the hard choices <laughs> like he would like forced everyone out who couldn't work, mm-hmm. you know, like killed children stuff like that just to keep only the strong, and. And eventually his people turned on him, you know, and, and destroyed his, his Tesla core that was the center of their thing. So now their whole city's just constantly on fire with lightning strikes. Yeah. You can let see. that be an object lesson to you and your faith breakers. Do not betray <laughs> Tesla. I, let, oh, I, I am currently in that game experience, a thing where every two days I have, to, I have to prepare for 70 new people to arrive into my city every two days. Oh, wow. And okay. I have to decide what to do with them every time. So far, I've been taking all of them, injured, children, everyone. Is it, is it because, like, your city is, like... Word has spread that you're the only survivable one. That's what it seems like. And so I'm trying you to take an a certain amount of them to the Soylent factory. Well, <laughs> yeah. So there's a thing where you can you can eat people. People <laughs> get you can't. There's no eating people. Not that I've seen. But Yet. people but Yet. people do lose their limbs from frostbite when you work them in the cold. But 
if you have a factory, you can build prosthetics and put them right back out on the work line. You so, really? Knees. So yeah, everybody works, nobody quits in my society. <laughs> and there's and it's also very it is frost punk. So I think you're quoting like a fat a, a fascist propaganda. That's, that's great. Hey, we have to be. We're, we're not nationalists because we took in the Americans and everyone else. Like we'll you take, need to start a Steam curators group about games that let you uh, secure your place in hell. <laughs> this though is like your ultimate goal is just to survive. And I would say people. I would say I've been very moderate on people. I have not. You can do things like make a fighting ring to release public whippings. tension. Yes. By the generators. <laughs> yes. I agree. That's not That looks best. bad. He agrees. Looks, but you're right. Sharia law looks bad. It was this or break families apart, Arthur. <laughs> so I like to say I'm keeping... I will never live in a post-apocalyptic society with you. That will never happen. I made the hard choices. I thought it was bad seeing your balls occasionally. And children. I have not let... You know, and the thing is, is like... When times are good, I take all the children off the work line. You know, I don't make children work unless shit is really bad. So, I, uh, you know, it. I'm doing the best I can. With the <laughs> you don't know that. You haven't tried the other way. Well, the other way is order, which is like making the secret police, basically, to go and bust them up. So I feel like they're not that different. So it's but, religious police or secret police? There's no, there's other no third option. option. Well, <laughs> you can't just let people leave. I could, instead of doing the penance things, I could just do like prayer meetings and stuff like that. But the prayer meetings are store hope, but they don't bring down discontent. Mm-hmm. So I have been very lenient about things. Like we caught a guy stealing a bunch of food. I could have fucking exiled him, but I said, we'll give him another chance. Another person brought me a list. He said, these are all the heretics in our society. We should punish them. I could have done it and gotten bothered benefits, but I said, I don't trust just a random list. You know, I could have just said, yeah, fucking let's whip them all out. Random <laughs> people. So I at least built a cemetery to store the bodies, but mostly because mechanically it gave me more, it gives people more hope when they can bury their dead. Well, what's the other option? Burning them? Just not just chuck them in the snow. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I guess that would be better for morale than tripping over corpses, frozen corpses. <laughs> Exactly. A dad sickle. <laughs> or like or like six generations from now when the snow melts and there's just piles of corpses under the snow. Yeah. I mean it sounds like that snow's never melting. But yeah, I would say that <laughs> yeah. that game is like a it's a really cool strategy game, but it is definitely something that like I feel like that's like not something you're gonna play it's not SimCity or gonna SimCity's like got Dun, 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 music. <laughs> We're building the society. But it this, is like that kind of game, right? Like that kind it of It is, but, but with like intense, sad violins the whole time. It's much more in the line of uh, what was that strategy game series uh, that was super depressing? You know, depressing and it was also Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail, where you're literally on a trail with your guys and then you have to fight battles. I don't know. I'm not sure Banner which one. Saga. Oh, Banner, Banner Saga. Banner Saga, where Banner Saga is literally mitigating crises and uh-huh. this is the same thing except right. on a base scale you know right uh, mechanically when i was watching you play this on your stream i and i've seen a couple others is it's it is interesting how like everything that you build is radial out from that center like yeah all the buildings are designed to fit in little angular chunks yeah you know? triangular or yeah pie shaped yeah yeah exactly yeah it's kind of it, it makes for i think that mechanic alone makes the building aspect like you would probably have a lot of fun because I'm not always the best pre-planner, so mm-hmm. I end up with a lot of crap. Like, oh, there's like a sliver here of wasted space. And oh, stuff. Uh-huh. Like, if you want to be a really good civic planner, like you can make a really because you you are very limited on the space. You are in a crater, yeah. and whatever fits in that crater is the extent of your city. Right, and 
And so, like, if you really want to be smart, you can plan it out that way. Mm. You know? And you can destroy stuff and, like, replace it, right? Totally. But yeah. sometimes I'm just, like, right now for me, steel has been such a limited resource that I'm always, like, oh, sure. a little wary of trying to destroy things and rebuild them. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool game. And, you know, the, you, you can view things at several levels. Like, you can view your income and outcome economy. Mm-hmm. You can uh, establish... When it says economy, does that just mean in terms of energy? Because you're not... Energy, money. steel, wood, uh, all these sure. things, okay. and you can see your input output, and you can do things like send your scouting parties out if you tech into it because the tech tree is very huge. Mm. You can tech into like sending scout parties out to like a derelict ship you found, and they can start sending steel back, and so it'll become nice. like a, a resource chain if you want to establish those things. So does the scouting party have to stay there and become workers? If you yeah, want you have to steel? create a special scouting party that goes out there and establishes an outpost. Oh, I see. So. Is that how you get wood, too? Like, somebody actually finds a forest that's still standing? Yeah, in your base, I so far, wood hasn't been a problem, but it is finite. Mm. So, yeah, eventually wood will be an issue. But wood is not what you burn, at least. Coal is. Oh. And coal is something that it's not like you have to have a resource tap of coal. You can literally just magically dig it from the ground. Dig and dig oh, okay. and dig and dig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's handy. Yeah, and you get, like you said, you get it. It is Frostpunk, so you get automata. Gigantic mm-hmm. four-legged machines that look like they should be straight out of Dishonored, uh-huh. and those attached to any building can work at twenty-four hours a day in any temperature. Oh, wow! So, but they, they, take, they take a shit ton to build, yeah, mm-hmm. and they burn a shit ton of coal. Mm-hmm. So, as long as you have awesome coal yeah, input and you can build those autonoma, it works out. Yeah, that game's that game's really cool. It's like a thirty-dollar strategy game that I think is really cool, but very oppressive. Yeah. Fun in short bursts and fun if you like the idea of like crisis management. To me, it kind of. How long does a game last? Is it long like a Civ type game or is I it think short? It's like, I think it's like 10 to 12 hours on a map. So it's not Civ. So long. But it is long. And there's three scenarios so far with more that they're developing. Wow. So. Cool. And it, yeah, just really good production value. It's really cool. Like it's just one of those games that. Is like, you know, in a year where I feel like I kind of have an idea of like all the games I'm going to play kind of laid out for me. And then that one comes and I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. It's got a little bit, feels a little bit like Battlestar Galactica if you mm-hmm. ever played the board game. Because mm-hmm. that yeah. board game is literally about crisis management. Yeah, and that's definitely. what this is. Every time is a new day of like, fuck, we're going to run a coal. Fuck, people <laughs> are complaining children are dying. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, how do, what do we do with our dead? What do I do with them when I don't have steel? <laughs> what can I do to keep some people alive when it hits negative 80? Right. You know? Jesus. So, it's a cool game. It's a real, real cool... <laughs> very, very cool. Dictator simulator. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, just, I thought it was just a dick simulator. <laughs> it is a dick simulator, yeah. Being a huge dick, but... Yeah. No, that's Conan Exiles. Ah. Uh, which is a game that some of us have been playing anyway. I haven't tried it yet, but I've been meaning to. The uh, I went back to it because some of the people on your Discord decided that they were going to start a server, and I was like, all right, well, I'll go back to it because I hadn't played it in a while. And the map has grown like by probably more than 100% since the last time I, I played it. the building it, so it's in that huge. is quite elaborate. The building in that is very cool. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's a, it's a single map PV pvp or pve if you want to play it that way but most servers out there are pvp uh like you know kind of team competition based thing the way that like rust is where you can go solo but you're better with a group and you can build up a base and you can build defenses uh and uh you know it's survival based too so you gotta like drink and eat and that kind of stuff um and you know like you tech up and go for resources the the interesting thing about 
Conan Exiles is that uh, one, the tech tree is really deep, which is nice. Um, the second thing is that the map is really structured a bit more like an MMO, where there are these set places where there are enemy creatures and enemy outposts of humans, you know, like uh, AI barbarians and stuff like that. And uh, uh, everything is hostile to you in this game. It's just the way it is. And um, the... Um, the, but there are like different levels of th- different places that you can go where the creatures get harder. So it's almost like I said, kind of like that MMO style gating where you want to make sure that like you've gained enough levels so that you can raise your stats up enough so that you can survive in combat. And that hopefully somebody has, you know, high enough armor, uh, armor skill or weapon smithing skill to like make the higher levels of those. So that you can actually take on these more complicated creatures to get more complicated maths to build more complicated stuff. You know, so it kind of has that sort of interesting um, uh, PVE gameplay loop that a lot of games do. Uh, but it's even even though they've added a bunch onto the game and the map, like I said, is fucking huge. You can build almost anywhere, which is tons of fun. A lot of games like they really restrict where you can build. This this game has almost no restrictions on where you can build. It's crazy. There's like these giant ruins and castles and like huge uh, old collapsed aqueducts that cross the whole land. And you can build on any of that stuff. You can like just build an elevator that goes up to it and have your tower way up on the top of this thing, you know. Um so in that aspect, I think it's it probably as far as like being able to build shit. The only game that I've seen where you can build just as crazy shit is Ark. Um, and uh, I don't like the way that Ark builds at all. It's like very confusing and annoying. Uh, this game seems to have like taken a lot of lessons from other games in terms of the building. Um, that being said, we're playing on a server where we don't. Re- it's PvP, but we're 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 the only ones on it. <laughs> yeah, so there's no PvP. Yeah, so there's not really any B- PvP. We're not really fighting or anything like that. Um, I think it would be cool if you were on a. I've actually seen a couple live streams because occasionally I'll just go back and check into this game. Oh, where's it at now? And I'll watch. I'll see is anybody playing Conan Exiles on Twitch. And I've seen a couple streams where you know people are on PvP servers, but the rules are that like. You know, no PvP unless the unless the entire other team is online. So it's almost like you have to plan PvP. Like, yeah, it's like you can't wars. It's like exactly. Rumbles. Yeah, it's like rumbles exactly. Like you can't you can't take on you can't go and attack somebody's base unless there are people there to defend. It's it. weird to me in a way that Conan as a franchise continues to have games made out of <laughs> in this day and age. I think I that it's it's a fiction that has like a like a ecosystem and a history that like can be leveraged and yeah. coming up with like a system like that is extremely time consuming. Yeah, I think some of my first exposure to Conan in slight left field is is uh, my grandpa used to take me to a bookstore in San Diego and and I remember the like magazine size comics mm. that co- they would make for Conan and I just remember feeling so <laughs> weird that it was this gigantic comic for some reason because <laughs> they were doing them for so 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 long like uh, they were trade paperbacks yeah they were just these big comics and i could still obtain them for some reason because my all my family was like yeah we'll buy you a comic book never opening it and being like jesus christ <laughs> maybe not eight-year-old okay <laughs> so there's like some kind of controversy over that game this week about like that you can own slaves uh, well, that's been in the game for a really long time. I don't yeah. know why it'd be a conference. I think it's, I think it's, it's only be, coming up now because the game just came out of early access. Oh, okay. But basically what, what you do is you go and you like these, uh, um, these 
enemy areas where like you know all the uh, all the hostile barbarians or whatever are at they come and attack you or you attack them and you can club them and knock them out and then you drag them back uh by a cord back to your base and you put them on the wheel of pain until they're broken and then like you have, if it's a tanner then you put that tanner on your on your uh on your leather making station and then your leather making station produces leather a lot faster than it did before yeah um so yes yeah they are called thralls they're they called are, thralls they are slaves. yeah they are slaves but yeah. i mean that's the and you know it's a uh, i've i've thought back and forth about this a couple times i'm like uh is there any excuse where any where any participation in even fictitious slavery is okay and my knee-jerk reaction is no um and at the same time i'm like it's a part of it's been a part of the conan universe forever everybody literally every tribe enslaves every other tribe um the it doesn't matter who they are or what they do it's just it's part of the the whole mythos of that whole universe but the mythos of that universe was created by a white guy at an early time in this country where, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, I don't I don't mean that they're enslaving black people. They're just, you know, it's just slaves. But, you know, slavery is a genuine, real part of human history. This exists through all out of human history, but doesn't need to be in yeah. my game. Probably not. They could have found a better way around it. You know, like it would have been a lot nicer if there were like. Uh, it would have been a lot better if there were ways that you could negotiate because the, there are like the different tribes uh, worship the different religions that your characters can also worship in the game and you can build up like your temples and like your devotion to your god and eventually you can like pull down these avatars which are these um, I've never actually seen it done but uh, apparently it's a big long process and then you can bring down basically these demigods. giant giant demigod mod, uh, mobs or whatever that I I don't know how controllable they are but they're you know like I don't know a hundred stories tall and you can walk through the desert and crush other people's bases and stuff like that I don't know I guess it doesn't bother me because in the same way that like when I play forest and we kill and eat people yeah like, to me it's there's just like a total disconnect like slavery is like an abhorrent perfect thing cannibalism is obviously an important thing playing with someone as you murder them the way i would in bullet storm is like a fucked mm-hmm. up thing but like well i, I think just, there i think there's a uh, um but you know there's a I difference don't, there is a way that content can be worse even when similar on a bullet point list in the ways that it is emphasized or belabored i think that there is like a case to be made that there are games that you gravitate toward with awful shit that on paper is the same awful shit than it's in everything else, but is actually worse and more fucked up. <laughs> it's not a real person that I'm enslaving. It is an AI. It is basically a number that I'm applying to a mechanic thing, and it's not a person. Like, that's just it. It's not a person. And I know it's not a person. It is a fake digital thing. Except when you played stuff like Rust and it's other people that you're subjecting to that this are, weird That are shit. opting into it. They could always just restart a character and appear anywhere they want. Like, to me, that's like, it's practically just role-playing in RPG. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why, the, that's why this stuff is complicated. And, you know, it's like, and, the, and when I had played like solo Conan before or whatever, I like. I was like, oh, I'm just not going to do any of this slave stuff. I'll just build it up myself. But then, of course, you know, like the game is designed that you're supposed to go and grab them because otherwise you're sitting there watching, you know, like um, I need iron struts so that I, for building materials. And those things take 
it seems like twice or four times as long to make unless you have a blacksmith there working it. I just wish that there were other ways to get helpers in this game because the thing that I actually like totally. about it is I like I like it looking like there's a base there and like there's kind of a society doing their things yeah, around I your mean, base. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if you could go and rescue people exactly. from a rival tribe and then they willingly join you. Or, right. or pay or like or pay, pay, or, or pay yeah. for their services. Yeah, like, but yeah. yeah, or but liberating seems like a good way to do it, right? Exactly. You actually liberated them and then as a free choice, they were like, I ain't got nowhere to live. Right. So, yeah. Right. Sounds good. So, it's somebody, so here's where I understand the criticism is that at some point, people were in a design meeting and they were deciding they're like, oh, hey, there's slavery in the Conan world. Uh, what if we make it so that you can have slaves and they, they improve your production base? And that was the end of the conversation. You know, uh, that nobody ever tried to implement something different. What if slaves were an awesome resource in this game? Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's to the point where it's like, oh, you, you run around and you go into an area looking for like, well, we have a Tanner level two. Oh, look, this one's a Tanner level three. Yeah. But Let's can I eat meat while watching two slaves fight to the death for me? That's the question. You cannot do that. <laughs> you can eat you can eat people meat though. No, I don't I just Conan's always seemed like a weird universe to me of like yeah, ridiculousness like and like of barbarity on a ridiculous level and I get that that's like its thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also just been one of those things that I've just again, I'm just like I'm surprised that that's like a universe that people are like into enough to There's have There's so many books. Like so It's just existed so for so long. I mean, like I said, it, it's it, I think the I think the first books were written in like the 1920s or something. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's like it, this is a this is a storied franchise and like I think Marvel owned the comics before they sold it to Dark Horse it's or also whatever. Weird that like those books are like or that this game is made by like the a lot it's of made by Funcom made that like did uh, the Secret World and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what a weird. Well, I think Funcom also runs the Conan MMO, don't they? Mm, I don't know. I actually that could be true. I'm pretty sure they do. Conan MMO way back in the day. I think they and like and I'm wondering like I've never even looked at the MMO, but I'm wondering like how much of this game like shares assets. Yeah, I don't remember there being thralls or slaves or anything like that in uh, the MMO, but I barely played it. The only thing I remember about the MMO was you could build guild castles together, Mm -hmm. and that. PvP could happen at any level against any level. There was no PvP ranges or anything. It was pretty interesting hmm. for its time. But yeah. 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 That game seems uh I don't know. People keep asking me to play it and I'm just like, ah. I don't as, know. as far as as far as like, you know, survival building crafting games go, I'm having fun with the it. The building but I'm, part I'm, sounds interesting. To the me. building part is great. Uh I'm starting to it's everything else is starting to lose its luster already though. I also played uh Arthur I was gonna ask you if you did this. Have you played the bonus hitman campaign that was added? I actually no. played through that. Uh you should. I'd be curious. I would I hope you do, because I would love to talk with you about how you would do some of the missions. I I just feel like kind of unmoved by the DLC stuff that they've done for that game because I think I have like this built-in antipathy for recycling levels. Yeah, which is what it is. It's like, hey, here's the same space, but we changed. Yeah, the lighting. And, and and the what bonus you know? and the bonus campaign I should add is literally it's Sapienza, right? It's 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 four missions across four levels, but they all 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 are levels. Like the final level in the uh, bonus campaign is the final level from the regular game. And it's and, not and like... it's rethemed, and there's, like, totally new objectives that are, like, very different, like, with a viral outbreak and stuff. It The last level of it is fucked up 
in a way that like i mean i'll (laughs) I'll check it out if if you say it's worth checking out it's just like the sort of the amount of content in that game rubbed me the wrong way like it always rubbed me the wrong way and i Mm -hmm. understand that a lot of people like how immersion that game is and how many wacky fucked up things you can do but that was never the fucking point of hitman like hitman was a bunch of puzzles yeah across like a bunch of stages like Mm -hmm. a, a lot of sort of like ideas using the entire level as like a sort of canvas for that as opposed to like going to the same level and like throwing a bunch of shit in there and seeing what kind of goofy thing you could do yeah Mm -hmm. and which isn't to say that the modern the most recent hitman is bad it's not like there's a lot of good shit in it there's really cool mechanics but i agree with you that i wanted more level it's like what is it six yeah you wanted and you wanted like 14 you know it's like i mean that's i feel like the least that was in any other hitman game was like 11 or 12 yeah and yeah so it just it rubs me the wrong way. I mean, these, le- like, these levels are, to their credit, extremely l- large compared to other Hitman I don't really levels. feel like they're... They don't feel necessarily larger than a lot of stuff in other Hitman games. Hmm. Like, no, they did to me, but you know, you're, you're more do. the expert on Hitman Some do, but some... Three, of this new four-mission campaign, three missions are worth playing. One is totally worthless and takes about two minutes. Like... Hmm. The New Orleans stuff in Hitman Blood Money is a, is a giant level. Like I love that the, Yeah, that's true. The Heaven and Hell nightclub. Blood Money is just like... It's a classic. I, I tried like, to go yeah. back and play Blood Money. That game's very hard to play now, especially on PC. Very the quality hard to play. of life because it's a supported controller. And yes, and well, and also the quality of life things, like you said, where I'm like, how do I do anything? What do I have equipped? I'm like, all these things that. Hitman <laughs> <laughs> Absolution gets a bad rap because it's got a story, but it was just such a revelation for like the playability that it added. All of which is in the newest. Well, let me ask you well. because I was going to play Absolution, but someone was like, "Did you not play Absolution?" I didn't. Jesus fucking Christ, play Absolution. Okay, so I was wondering. <laughs> someone was like, "The part I didn't like about it is it was less open level Hitman and more linear stealth." Is there that are true? linear levels and open levels. Okay, okay, all right. It is also long. I'll and play Absolution. Quite good. Okay. Those fucking people. I played two levels. This game isn't exactly what I want that the game has done well, multiple see, that's, times. That's before. why I wanted to ask you because <laughs> the thing I liked about Absolution when I jumped in was I was like, uh, oh, this is still like within my comfort zone of quality of life stuff. It's all there. You there know, are massive levels in Absolution. Yeah. Also that game still looks fucking fantastic. I, I won't spoil too much the about crowds the, in the that new game campaign. Were insane. The new campaign is basically about a cult that's trying to do a crazy viral outbreak. Right, and I, there are suggestions I think in the in the original on the fourth level i believe i killed 96 people <laughs> that sounds like anthony playing through a hitman game. <laughs> what if i told you that all but 12 of those were were ordered to kill really that's how fucked up that mission gets wow can get so <laughs> but if you did it right if i did it right and i did it efficiently that number should have been very small <laughs> anthony did it very wrong. <laughs> and by the end, I was walking through that level. You're like Mr. Bean in a Hitman. Game. I was walking yes, through that level with a rifle, just being like, bang, just bang, house. bang. Yep. I, was, I didn't feel good about it. That used to be the way that I played Hitman games. Like when I played late Hitman Two. I've been trying to get Silent Assassin now. Mm. It's wow. Very, I've been trying. Not in that level, though. Not in that. <laughs> Not level. in that level at all. No, but being very Mass patient. Being very patient, that. listening to opportunities, mm-hmm. waiting for the moments. Yeah, that, that that franchise is still so good. And yeah, I'll have to try Absolution because I'll say Absolution when I jumped in. I was like, this game still looks pretty good. It's like, Yeah, it looks great. And yeah. it was like, it crushed PCs when it came out. It was like a beautiful game on PC. Yeah, those guys still just have some of the best AI. Even when it's like silly and it can break, it's like, it's silly and it can break, but that, but it still exposes how bad AI is in so many other games. They build mm-hmm. like very smart reaction loops. Yes. 
in those games. Like, yeah, Blood Money's a little tough to go back to because the like Hitman games have never had great dialogue. But Blood Money in particular, oh, you're like pretty awkward. You're shit. like, oh man, like that's fucked up. That's a horrible racial stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is definitely like yeah. The tutorial level in particular for yes. Hitman Blood Money is kind of a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, man, okay, this is it. definitely it's a product. The gangbangers at the old like, oh yeah, like, Ferris who feel like written right. by Europeans who have never met a black person's interpretation Dude, of, yep. of a black gangbanger. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's pretty bad. And yeah. so yeah, it's stuff like that. You're just like. This is very much a. You go and the gangbangers are making drugs in a factory, and all the women are in their underwear for some reason. Mm-hmm. You're just like, that's what? like a cliche from oh, like yeah. just various film and TV. Okay, things. either yeah. way, I was just like, still, I was like, this just feels like such a weird mm-hmm. thing. But man, those games are still so good. Like what a what a what a. What and there's a thing. so much weird shit hidden in them. Yes, like in a way that that actually Hitman 2016 does not have stuff hidden in it. Like. Yeah. There's a fucking ghost in the opera house, if I remember correctly, like in Blood Money. Yeah, those games get real, real, real weird. Yeah, and the and the random counter spies that you would encounter and stuff like that, like the if people you who will to murder do it. you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. Um, but yeah, that's all. I've been playing other things, but it's all the standard shit. So, you know, the PVZs and the sieges and yep. the things like that. Yep. Um, what about you? You've been jumping into that State of Decay. Yeah, I played a lot of State of Decay. Like a lot. How many people have died? Only one. No. <laughs> Only one. I'm usually pretty good about keeping my people safe. And how, also, much, uh, how much save scumming have you done? Very little. Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, the only time that, that I really save scum is where it feels like the game just kind of fucked me. Like, yeah. in a way that doesn't... There are... It doesn't feel like an stuff. in-world fucking... Yeah, it feels <laughs> like... So, when you're playing a game and something the designers didn't intend happens and it's good that's a positive that's an emergent yeah. moment yeah when something bad happens that it doesn't seem like the designers intended right that's a problem <laughs> like a car flipping over on a pebble sure yeah <laughs> uh that's like that collision seems to be like the biggest problem in the game by mm-hmm. far like the sort of world geometry stuff like not so much on foot because they actually added a thing to the game and uh, if you follow some people on Twitter, you may have seen a discussion about this today. Like, there is a command in the radio menu in State of Decay to help you when you get stuck on geometry on foot. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Which, all right. It's an. It's, it's. It's. I mean, if you have to put that band aid in there, I'm glad it's in there. So yeah. So there's like this thing that you do where you bring up the radio and you phone it in and get it, like, me out. It pulls you out of that spot, but only on foot. So if you're in a car and you get stuck, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's on you. Uh, <laughs> How'd your one person die? So uh, zombies in that game are dangerous, and there's like various kinds of undead that are particularly dangerous. We can talk about that uh, in a minute. But people tend to be the most dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah, because other survivors. Yeah, because guns. Yeah. Um. And your friendly AI in that game is absolute dog shit. Yeah, they'll oh, be aggressive really? sometimes, right? It's not just that they'll be aggressive. It's the the sort of positioning that they take. Like, routinely, they will get in front of you. Mm-hmm. And also, like, in the, in the case of this moment where I lost somebody, uh, I had to go talk to these people and ask them to stop gouging people. And they refused. And that escalated quickly. <laughs> um 
and there was some shooting started. And so like my impulse is to like pull back away from this building so I can sort of fire into the door because like smarter fire is the only one that's going to win against them. It's because, because they have like military grade weapons mm, like, yeah. that they're trying to gouge people for. Mm-hmm. Um, but my AI partner, like just, ran up to the door like and just like tried to beat them with things and just, like, yes and just would not get out of the fucking doorway uh-huh. um can you roll without a partner yes okay just curious so and i for some stuff that's fine for clearing infestations or going out supply runs and stuff it's good to bring someone with especially because like if it's not a story mission if it's just like an emergent mission then you can like take control of them while you're out in the field and load them up with stuff as well. Uh, mm. um, but, uh, but yeah, so this guy just wouldn't get out of the door and like I threw a grenade and he like ran into the explosion. <laughs> and, uh, it was a bad time. And these people level up individually, right? Like they level yeah. up some skills. Okay. They level so up as you use them and as they're with you. So it can be a real loss. So the, the other reason that you bring people with you is like that, someone you bring with you is also gaining experience as you're gaining experience um or like basic reputation and like increasing their sort of tier of of stuff do you still do you turn into a zombie when you die from a zombie in this uh i don't know because i haven't had anybody die from i actually i actually saw some gameplay where somebody did they were playing a co-op match and one of them got got killed while they were infected with plague or whatever and they totally turned into yeah, a zombie and started attacking you die, it I'm sure you turn into a yeah. zombie. What is my end goal in this game? Like I've seen that I'm building a base, I'm I trying to build sustainability. I okay. do not know yet. Um in the last game it was to get out of the valley. Yeah. Um and it certainly seems like there's something like that in this. Like there's a sort of narrative behind the game over the radio that's developing over time. Hmm. Um just like it did in the first one. Um as a postscript to that story about the dude who died uh eventually the way that i killed those people was they came out of the building and i drove a truck into them over and over again (laughs) maximum overdrive because trucks cars are the the most deadly weapon in that game oh yeah like much more so than than guns i've seen this game it seems like it performs very well which the things i've seen depending on depending on on what's happening and if you're on pc or console uh yeah so xbox one and one s run a 1080p 30 xbox one x is 4k 30 okay um pc is variable yeah uh pc seems extremely cpu limited um like i was streaming the game and i was getting like cpu warnings from xsplit about like how much my cpu was spiking and that's usually not the problem Mm. um so i i think that that is sort of the limiting factor predominantly although like xbox one x generally runs pretty well uh exceptions being like when there's a fuckload of zombies on the screen and a bunch of alpha effects yeah i guess i just felt like the original state of k ran bad this runs better than that and there's not really any tearing um it's a completely different engine which helps yeah when you, um, but when you were destroying one of those hives, you're just chucking yeah. these fire grenades yeah, over and was, over and yeah, over. I was taking out that. a plague heart, and the way you take out a plague heart most efficiently is like <laughs> either grenades or Molotov cocktails. And I was just like fucking heaving Molotov cocktails at this thing because, for whatever reason, on a Molotov cocktail, there's an initial damage instance and then damage over time, and it's a pretty huge initial damage instance. And the damage over time is a lot, but the second you attack a plague heart, which are like these like collections of meat and flesh and bone that 
spawn more plague zombies and i wonder if that will be explained over the course of the game um mm. uh when you start attacking one it starts attract attracting zombies ah uh, and depending on how far along in the game you are or where you are in the world, that can range from normal zombies to a lot of plague zombies. Plague zombies are bad, and I'll get to that in a second, to freaks. And the freaks are the sort of, like... Big ones. Not necessarily. Uh, there are different kinds. There's, like, the screamer, which are the armless zombies that just shriek and draw, and, in, more and draw in way more zombies. There's the bloaters, which are the dudes that explode into, like, a pile of gas that sucks. <laughs> uh, there's... <laughs> The tank, which are the giant ones. The thing I remember about the first one that made fighting zombies really alarming, and I, I was wondering if this one does it too, is like, you'd be like, oh shit, we made sound. And then zombies would just come vaulting through the windows and yeah, stuff at you. That and you're just like, oh fuck. If you're in a house. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't even like you could funnel them through a doorway efficiently, you know? I, just, you can, depending on where you are. If there's like an upstairs, like a stairway can be a good funnel. Um, so there's also like the tanks, which are the giant zombies that like you cannot hit with your car because you will just destroy your car on them. And they will also just like punch it. <laughs> uh, and then there are the ferals, which are the super fast ones that will just like bowl you over and just tear you apart. Um, so as you attack plague hearts, like it's drawing more zombies and there's like a chance that it will draw the freaks, which are bad. You don't want that. How many survivors do you have? I have nine right now. Do they all get along? Mostly. Okay, because I've heard that you can have problems arise. Yeah, so the the lower your morale, the more chances that fights will start. <laughs> um, and theoretically, in the first game, you could take people out for walks and give them a talking to. Like, <laughs> and, they fights. Um, and you can dismiss people from your enclave. Uh, you can euthanize people that get blood plague. Oh, fuck. Which you could do in the last one as well. And in the last one... Like, any sufficiently serious injury from zombie stuff could leave someone infected. Yeah. Um, and that could turn into zombie, turn them into a zombie. In this, it's pretty much only blood plague, as far as I know, uh, which you get by getting attacked enough by blood plague zombies. There's, like, a little vial icon above your health bar that will fill up, and if it fills up, then you can track blood plague. Um, and you can craft a cure for that, but ah. it takes a lot. Yeah, like it's a lot of medical supplies, and it's like seven or eight samples of blood plague. Um, so ideally, you don't want to be in that situation. Um, Man, and so I don't remember if this is in the last game, but the more stuff you have in your base, the more noise you make, which means that like there's more of a risk level of attack. And doing construction projects or upgrading things at your base takes a certain amount of time and generates a certain amount of noise. So, like, you could theoretically do, like, three or four construction projects at once, but it could put you in the red for, like, zombies attacking your base. Yeah. Um, And if you are not adequately supplied, then hordes might come to your base and just tear everything apart while you're gone. If you are adequately supplied, do you get, like, a warning? Like, zombies attack, but we're driven off. So, I played a bit once and did pretty badly and just restarted and Mm. just decided to make sure I was well supplied the whole time and so now when I get calls about hordes they're like we've got a zombie horde coming but we can take care of it oh okay it's like they tell you that they're fine and then when the thing happens it'll say minus three ammo and it's like well that could have been worse yeah exactly (laughs) Um, so like if you keep yourself well supplied then there is it's likely that you will be fine and you'll be able to continue interacting out in the world but you also have to deal with stuff like fatigue 
are people like better at certain combat abilities and stuff like yeah, that? Like so you have sharpshooters or something. The more you do certain things, the better you get. And then there are specializations. Yeah. Um, and like different levels of people and different levels of stamina and health, and people have different skills that are sort of randomly assigned to survivors. Uh, and there are also books that you can read to get new skills to build new things. You can also, I think you you found out while we're here that you can assign people to a leader role right so that is that's like one of the major things you're working toward is like you need to get you need to pick a leader for your group um and to do that you have to get someone up to the rank of hero and they start as like a refugee and then they become a citizen and they become a hero um but i didn't know how to promote someone as leader until today um which is sort of indicative of one of the the key challenges to this game and it's not as bad as the last one but still present which is the system of game progression not just character and base progression is really opaque yeah like it's hard to know how to make the game go forward Hmm. um and i finally like promoted a leader which was like the number one thing on my list for a really long time and now i will see what happens from there but um but yeah i i think that there are a lot of systems in that game that aren't completely comprehensible yeah um like the ways that outposts work or like what what the it's not always a good thing to move from one base to a new one because like as you upgrade your command center in a base you can have more external outposts but if you pack up and leave a base and go to a new one then you start with a lower level command center and don't have those outposts anymore so you lose some of them Hmm. uh, which is bad I'm curious. Can you go back and get them again? You can, but you have to upgrade your command center to support those outposts. Right, right. So if your base gets destroyed, can you still like recover? In I theory? have no idea. Yeah, I'm just curious, like what level of disaster? I think you can lose a bunch of people. Like maybe you won't lose everyone, but you can lose a bunch of people. And doing things like requires labor. But there is like a you do have like objectives that you can kind of track as far as like kind of yeah. So there's like primary objectives like internal objectives which are like character stories external objectives which are like other enclaves around you and stuff that they want you to do and as you make them happier like they give you uh influence okay hmm. which is the currency of the can game. you convince other survivor groups to join you you can recruit specific people from other survivor groups you, after a certain point do you stumble upon survivors in the world like you yes. would in like dead rising so you'll you'll like get radio call outs from people mm. who are asking if you can meet up with them or you'll like you'll be going through an area and someone will ask for help okay um, and they usually have something that they want you to do or help with is the world big it's fairly large i'm not sure if like there's another spot outside of the spot which there was in the last one like i feel like you could go to a new a new place um and i don't know if that's the case here yet or not I want to play it. I want to try the co-op and stuff too. And for the deluxe yeah, edition stuff, it's out tonight. Yeah, you're thinking about it. It's always tempting. It comes with the DLCs. It's always more tempting. Yeah, I. Uh, there's a phrase that my wife uses all the time that I actually don't like but I totally understand it. And she'll come home and she'll have bought something. She says, I broke down and I got this thing, this thing, you know, like it was just this irresistible thing that broke her spirit into getting it. You know, like there was just nothing she could have done about it. It had to happen. And, uh, uh, we've joked about that a couple of times. 
Um, and so the, but the first phrase that, that went into my head just now was like, yeah, I broke down and got the ultimate edition and it's downloading at home right now. Is it? Yeah. Ah, fuck. <laughs> um, I haven't really played any co-op so far because there aren't a ton of people playing. Um, so what I've heard about it is that like you can hop into other people's worlds. Your story doesn't progress. Only their story progresses, but there is some amount of stuff that when you play as your survivor, you bring back to your world. Yeah. Um, and there's like it's like every other loot game now where like there's stuff that is specifically yours to find well uh, i saw that you were playing even ahead of the early thing so i popped into your twitch channel and i said arthur where the fuck is my code and then i threw what bits i had at you and got the fuck out i didn't see that <laughs> no you didn't i know not to die at the hands of the apocalypse. also arthur doesn't have overlays or his well it, arthur didn't have the chat up either because he was no i i oh, had okay. the chat up but like someone else said something fast enough that it like cleared it out but i didn't see <laughs> that you left me some bits man i've been really tempted to buy an xbox one x lately i know i should wait but i just just been getting that little hardware jitters wait a month yeah wait no, yeah, hardware until jitters. Three. Yeah, yeah you don't even have to wait a month it's only like three weeks away it is. <laughs> <Hot> I, <up>. <laughs> sorry <laughs> how about this james in a month you will be done with yeah. e3 yeah. <laughs> which is not james complaining about e3 we talked about this it's fairly just, recently it's like, just a lot of work no i uh, yeah I, I really like it it's yeah just, it's just I, a lot of work when you have 40 meetings in one week and my entire inbox has E3 enjoyed, tags. I both yep. enjoyed and disliked E3. I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm just, I'm going to get a list of things that need to be covered and I will volunteer for them. I think I would enjoy E3 a lot more the way that IGN and those sites seem to do it now. Mm-hmm. Because in the years that I was going, it was still in the we have to write about every game at the Tecmo booth. Yeah, and it was just like remember terrible. your Frogger preview, yes, a particular I, classic. But I also had to. That was like after writing about a fifth of the North Star game and fucking uh-huh. all these other like you know Dynasty Warrior shit. Only be well, in the war room until like eleven thirty at night. Well, because yeah, because yeah. that's the way the negotiations worked with the publishers and devs back then. Is that like you couldn't get the game that you really wanted unless you agreed to cover all these other games too and then they would give you the appointment that you wanted yeah nowadays it seems a lot nicer it's a lot more there's even more video stuff and whatnot it seems like yeah. there's a lot less writing that would be a lot more ideal um uh jams have you been playing any video games only the dotes i've been seeing you on the dota a lot working <laughs> yeah. on that working on that ranking no, uh, no ranks. No, yeah, we we just been playing a lot of cavern spelunking. Yeah, as we've been calling it. It's since it's you get is that the battle bun- rail? No, no, it's that's not out yet. It's it's just it, challenges. Yeah, you basically get there's a map that they give you, and you have to go through room by room, and it, it each each room is a character, and you if you win with the character, it unlocks the next by yourself. To, no, okay, no, it's just it's it's playing normal Dota. It's meta on top of yeah the games so like you just play a you play a game and you pick a hero and that hero is like the next challenge in the cavern and then as you complete as if you win with that hero then it unlocks more branches in the challenge. oh okay you're not actually clicking in a cavern and playing this character no, in a cavern no. i got you yeah no. and there's like yeah. cavens and locked doors and you get and items you can unlock points. yeah so it's it's just a meta guiding you to to play to, different characters on the roster. And, and two, eventually, there's three skins at the end the, with uh, cosmetic unlocks. Man. So you're trying to accomplish these challenges. Or, like, alternative unlocks. Yeah, so there's three special skins and, like, alternate styles for those skins hidden in the caverns. You're chasing the cosmetics. Chasing, chasing, chasing the hats. Okay. <laughs> I only really played this weekend. I didn't, get, I didn't get to play much last week. Um, I probably won't get to play much this week. 
the the bright idea that some people in our group had and it's not just us going by some reddit stuff is that like why play a full game for these heroes that you don't want to play and instead play turbo which is the game that's supposed to end faster and just get it over with i think we talked about this a little bit last supposed to yeah it's just not the turbo concept is not working out the way that it was supposed to at the moment. What yeah. it does is just get Dota to hyper late game, which if you ever watch Dota, like competitive Dota, hyper late game is where really intense fucking standoffs happen. Yeah, like, it can get really stagnant for a really long time. Like just like gridlocks where it's like mm-hmm. nobody is in an advantageous position. You're just waiting for one team to fuck up and lose a fight and then you can win. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I played a bunch of that. Played more Slave Spire. That game is still great. Yeah, man. It continues to I be. Haven't, I haven't played with the new character yet. It is not out. You have to go to the public. You have to go to the test branch. Oh, okay. So it's not it's not out out. Um, gotcha. But I've been playing a lot more of the dailies, and those are mm-hmm. just really fun because it has those three modifiers on every week mm-hmm. or every day, um, and they're just it just changes it up just just enough. Um, Every week, where you're like, and they're slightly easier runs because you they tend to give you either more cards, or honestly, it's because the starting decks are so bad that the <laughs> that you're if whenever you don't have a standard starting deck or you have a pl- an advantage on top of that starting deck, then it becomes slightly easier in the early game. Yeah, definitely. Because like, usually the third section of the dungeon mm-hmm. isn't the hardest part; it's actually the second part because yep. that part you're like still kind of constructing your deck maybe just scrape through the first part or like right so you haven't really hit like the top of your curve yet and by the time you get to the either the end of the second level you probably know if you're gonna if you're gonna win or not yeah, yeah. That, that's it's that's such the uh that is such the meta narrative of just about every single roguelike mm-hmm. like you know if you're in a game of rogue by the time and you know the dungeon is 99 levels by the time you got to level 50 you know whether or not you're probably going to be able to make it to level 99 because you got the right combination of events items and luck in a row to give you that sort of winning boost that you really need to win that you won with last time yeah um, and so those those dailies give you enough of that extra little bump of power, and mm-hmm. they're they're extra little bit of silliness. They're just super fun to play, and like I I, <laughs> I enjoy the hell out of them. Um, cool. Other than that, um, I've been reading a lot. I've been I've been working. Reading is good. And so I've been trying to get in in entertainment, and then that's mainly re- reading on the bus or reading on the train. Yeah. Um, I read a really good book last week when I was uh, when I had some insomnia. And I just plowed through this whole book the whole night. I finished a book called The Black Company. I don't remember who the author is, but there's like nine books. And it's about a mercenary group called The Black Company. And they're like, I'll say that book is, at first it was a little slow. and it's really, But it turns out it's also really good. I had a really tough time with it at first, though, because when I read fantasy, I generally want to read a story about like, like even in The Dark Tower, there are characters in that that are like flawed Mm-hmm. But they still fight for good, whereas these guys are definitely mercenaries, and so very gray. <laughs> and so it's not uncommon that they're working for the bad guy, and also they'll be like, "Well, we just took over this village, and some of our guys are going to now just go out there and rape and pillage, and just be terrible humans." And you know that's just how we are. And I'm just like, I don't like you guys. Uh, it's hard for me to play. It's hard for me to experience the thing where I was like, it really struggled to develop someone to a character that I could be like. 
you a human i can identify with this human somewhat you know like <laughs> you should read the star my archives i think you would enjoy the hell out of them you're the second person to recommend that to me they also do these <laughs> versions of the audio books that are like enhanced audiobooks i'll find out what the name is but it's like they they score and yeah, it's sound like the star wars ones yeah but like every single one has a different voice a voice actor for each character oh voice different voice actor. yeah, oh, it's yeah. They're, they're like borderline audio dramas yeah I've heard i see these. that I that, that is much different because the star wars one is like scored and everything but it's still one voice actor doing no I, I i love that people have started doing this kind of thing it, it seems like the podcast medium is so ripe for audio dramas and i've seen like more um, there's an official marvel one stuff like that yeah. yeah it's same same people okay. oh, yeah it's same awesome. people people do and so it's 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 impressive. So and they're like these books are super long. Each one, each part, I think is like seventeen hours. So they release them in chunks because uh-huh. the books are so long. That yeah, they the audio books they can't huge. release it all at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, they don't do it all at once. So you buy you buy chunks of each book. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll text you what they are. Yeah, um, you're the second person to recommend. I mean, that is if I'm not mistaken, that is the one where they live in a world with like cyclical storms. Yes, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and like so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one. A coworker was telling me all about this. I've been. Uh, I, I the book that I read was called Binti, and it's by this uh, uh, this American author. Her parents were uh, Nigerian immigrants, though, so she's like you know uh, first generation born here. And uh, her ne- her name is uh, Nettie Okorafor. I don't really know how. I, I'm sure I'm totally not pronouncing that correctly, but you can just look up the book Binti B I N T I, and it's super cool. It's like uh, it's uh, this Afrofuturist book where um, it's sometime, it seems like in the pretty far future, but there's this tribe in Africa that are essentially, they're almost like techno mages, but they're super, they're super insular and like they're super into building like these one particular kinds of devices that they, you know, are better at than anybody else in the, in the universe, I guess. Uh, what's that? Wakanda? No, no, it's uh, <laughs> they're, they're a much smaller, much poorer tribe. Okay. You get, you get the sense that they're basically like tolerated by the other larger tribes around them because they have this ability to do this one thing but their whole thing with their societies they're super insular you're supposed to stay home you're supposed to never leave but the titular character binti gets gets accepted into the galaxy's uh greatest university which is a home to which like a bunch of alien species attend and stuff like that and it's it's about her trip like leaving that and going to that university and it's it's a very cool story the book is totally readable in like five or six hours too it's absolutely worth picking up and giving a go and apparently it's the start of a whole series so i'm looking forward to the other ones do you play anything else um no i think that that is it i'm looking forward to vampire which comes out god uh, th- really god that's soon in a couple of weeks is that like the, the don't 22nd not? yeah oh, that's next week yeah i think it, maybe next that has wow i have not seen I don't know anything about it other than the original announcement. People trailer. have code for it now, I think. Um, okay. Too many games. We get code for that, actually. Too many games. Hit up that Casey Lynch. Uh, June 5th, actually, is when it's out. It's, prob- it's probably Evolve. Yeah. Tom Olay is on that game. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to email Tom. He's going to tell you to sign up for Terminal. I think I already have a Terminal account. Yeah. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Me Terminals either. is a... Tom Owe yeah, is I'm a familiar Tom. PR person who runs a company called Evolve PR. Yeah, I still created, get emails from him sometimes. They created a system like to for distribute codes for PR and code requests. That's it's cool. actually pretty good. Now he's always good, and it's cool that he's getting to represent some good games because I feel like 
he's had his fair share of having to to show the duds. Yeah, I mean, he worked on the Witcher games. Oh yeah, for sure. I just feel like you know, I've had plenty of PR people I knew that I was like, oh man, this is a good one for you because there was plenty of times where I was hey, like, hey, I don't have to pretend on this. One. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, I, I'm interested in that, but I'll probably I'll play. I didn't even know that 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 was a game I completely forgot it existed. I'll play some more State of Decay. I will try the hitman campaign i guess yeah i really want it it wouldn't take you very long i'd just be curious to see how you handle that last mission because it, from the <laughs> start it's like, a clusterfuck other than so walking how through would a you machine gun? it uh, interesting um i was just like looking at movie times because i want to go see deadpool soon and black panther is still playing in multiple theaters in oakland deadpool is out deadpool is out it. today god damn Ryan Reynolds movies, proposed to Max Scoville. Yeah, Max Scoville showed, was at the red carpet for IGN and showed uh, Ryan Reynolds a book report he wrote in fifth grade about Deadpool. <laughs> I and saw Ryan that. Reynolds proposed to him. Yeah. <laughs> and Time wrote a fucking story about it. But didn't, but didn't use his name. But didn't use his name, which was weird. Yeah. It was weird. They said IGN reporter multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> like, did, he, did you make someone angry? <laughs> That's um, great that Max uh had that book report yeah yeah i'm sure that yeah i'm not surprised uh the reason i brought the black panther thing is the fact that that movie came out on blu-ray this week and it's oh, still in it? theaters well that's still great. in theaters multiple theaters in oakland which is both amazing and not surprising well, that means it'll be cool. available for rental soon we'll it's to... available for rental now oh well then i know what i'm doing with my wife this weekend because we still haven't <laughs> seen it um also avengers has made like 1.7 billion dollars oh, wow no one that's more than expectations. If Black Panther is going to make over a billion dollars, I think they would expect Avengers to make even more. Not in two weeks. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I would expect that from like international It's made numbers. like 700 million domestically. I don't Jesus. know a human who hasn't seen it, though. That's the thing. Like, literally down yeah. to like my dad the other day was like, yeah, is that Avengers? I was like, yeah, well, there you go. Everyone's the only people I know that haven't seen it are people that hate comic book movies and think that they're ruining Hollywood. <laughs> and so don't go as a form Which of protest. Are, that's such an asinine statement. It's such an incredibly asinine statement. As evident, like, I actually have seen rebuttals to that that are very effective. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, these are not mine, so I'm not taking credit for them. But sure. it's like listing, like, the number of westerns and fucking Martian oh, yeah. sci fi movies that came out in the 50s and 60s. It's like, yeah, there are pe- like literally hundreds of westerns in the 50s every year, like musical westerns. Well, yeah. and, and it makes totally. It makes total sense to me. I mean, there are these touchstone moments in history that are defined by when a generation that wants to see a certain type of film comes of age and has money to spend on films. Then those films get made. Um, Not just because people will pay money for them, but because the people that are in the industries making the decisions are under the same uh, cultural influences that touch their lives, just like all of their peers in the world around them. And that's comic books, you know, like comic books. Like I think the generation of people that are making films now, comic books, comic book characters, cartoons and stuff like that, those were all accepted for our generations. And so, you know, it's no surprise that we'd actually want to see them represented in other forms of media. It's just, it's like getting tired of movies based on books. Yeah. Like stuff gets adapted. Well, and and I've seen, I've seen a couple of thoughtful analyses that, you know, say that, you know, without comic book movies, um, Hollywood would have been suffering a lot a long time ago. I think, and I don't that, know that I buy into that. 
I think I think there's still I think there's still a lot of movies that uh, don't get made because they can't make the money that comic book movies can. Uh, but there's also you know more access to production than there's ever been, so it kind of balances out. I think I think where I think where I buy the argument that comic books are harmful is that the distribution arms that are you know responsible for getting a film out there are way more interested in larger titles that make money and the indie circuit is not as healthy as it used to be except in except in channels outside of theaters meh meh um matt did you play anything other than conan pretty much not well i didn't give him a chance if there was anything else no no that's fine no that was uh i think that was the uh, you know, I pl- played some Siege with you guys this week. I actually got some kills. That was fun. Uh, I got cut off with State of Decay, and the only re- the only reason I bring it back up is because multiple people have been asking me as I've been streaming it if I like it, and, like, there's an embargo in place. There was an embargo in place. <laughs> so you can't, uh, you, where you can't say... I couldn't say yeah. reviewy things. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and are, are asking me if it's good. I'm enjoying it. I've put, like, 20 hours, more than 20 hours into it at this point. Hmm. Like for something that I'm not being paid to do. Uh, (laughs) But I think that you need to go in knowing what it is. Like, don't, it's not, it's not a game that is for everybody. Like it's not like the state of Microsoft's first party slate is such that there's like this weird pressure put on literally every game that they publish that it has to be like the savior of Microsoft's person. It has to be their tentpole. And it's like, no, no, it's the sequel to a fucking $20 Xbox live arcade game (laughs) that's selling for $30 on Uh digital only. Like, and also that game had like a cult following. The thing wasn't like crazy smash. Actually it was actually, it was like the best selling Xbox live arcade game. It sold millions of copies so there's excitement for it for sure but it's yeah not but like, I, I just don't think it had that like that but i still consider that cult in some way because it's like even if you sell that many copies like it, it what people there wasn't a fervor for this yeah i just like don't take a tropico game and make it into fucking civ 7 like that's not what it is like it is a very specific niche game like if you you should know whether or not you should be interested in that game and watch some streams if like you're not sure the thing that makes me interested is co-op if i can't play co-op or if i'm not going to be playing co-op a bunch i'm probably not going to be that interested in it in the long term yeah that was the main reason why i bought it that's only i want to try some co-op for sure um did we get any letters well, do we get any letters about the Call of Duty thing? We didn't get we any letters to... about the Call of Duty thing. So the Call, Call of Duty Black well, Ops Four was revealed today, and I hot, mean, damn, did they dance so around that I, game not so, having a campaign? Yeah, so I didn't see any of that. What happened? They did say we're not doing a traditional campaign. <laughs> we're doing story missions where you play a specialist or something. They're called specialist so, missions. So they and you can yeah, play zombies. Yeah, and so, zombies provides a single player uh, experience if you want. So bots. They're they're. Where they presented it was they presented the multiplayer first. Uh, in between presenting the mul- zombies and the multiplayer, they were like, "We're doing uh, missions or like yeah." They call them, they're, they're literally I think they're called specialist missions. Specialist missions. It was which forty is, minutes of softening the blow. Yeah, <laughs> which 
which basically did them saying like, hey, and it was basically like, hey, this is to get you ready for multiplayer. Like yeah. they, they just tied exactly. it back to they multiplayer. Say, they're, they're get you ready for multiplayer. They're still set. They're like micro stories, is what they said in the Black Ops <laughs> universe. So, and then they moved on directly to zombies after that, mm. which uh, they showed, which is this year isn't the like continuing story of the four characters that they've been pretty much in every zombies mode minus the 80s one it's new lore yeah uh but it's basically like three adventurers like think like indiana jones type folks in different time periods so one one was on a titanic four four adventurers four adventurers did i say three you said three oh yeah it's four adventures two burly dudes one old dude and a woman yeah um and so one was set on the titanic uh yeah, it's all time traveling and the other one was set in ancient greece rome rome yeah and the, the other is a prison uh, well that one though is not the same group of people oh that those are the folks from that is a remake of i think the original map okay the original zombies map um I, okay and then yeah so the, so that was their way of being like look at all this stuff no we no, have. no 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 they had one more thing to talk about before they talked about what the game didn't have. Oh, it's, it's on Battle.net. No, well, also oh, that. Also yeah, that it's, it's on Battle.net. Like, Steam. it will not yeah. be Steam. It's on Battle.net. But also, yes, they, have their, they did announce officially their Battle Royale mode. Oh, yeah. Blackout. Blackout. Oh, okay. That's what they call it. And they, well, first when they show it, you're like, oh, this looks like a little thing, but they keep their whole trailer is like, oh, we keep pulling out and look how much more there is to the map. We have fucking helicopters and ATVs. <laughs> And a multi-story building, and, and all, all, all the guns that you've ever used in Black Ops before, and, and it's all one big mission. What it looks like playing it, no, yeah, it's, and that's it thing is all cinematic. Yeah, that's what uh, I was mentioning to you in Discord. I was like, "There's no gameplay footage. There's just, no mention of player counts. There's no mention of anything." So wow. that actually is like, I that's true. I didn't really realize that because I think that there's an expectation with Battle Royale that there's going to be like Large a certain number count. of players, yeah. and Call of Duty has never been more than eighteen or twenty. Maybe I, I don't think. Ghosts, I feel like World of War had the war mode. Oh, Ghosts had those really big maps. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is like ten on ten or something. Maybe yeah, I don't. But yeah, it's never been the player count that you would expect for a ten on ten. Sucked. That that was not fun. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was yeah. So it's not. They're not good at building those things. So the question like, is, yeah, what does a battle royale mode look like for them? And they didn't really answer that. They're just like, hmm. you know, their trailer was very much. It was if we're going to do Boil or Battle Royale, it's going to be with the best mechanics and most inventive <laughs> things the world's ever seen. we got to do it our way. Our, our genre-leading mechanics, etc., etc., yeah, yeah. controls. So, and it's like, actually, Titanfall controls better than Call of Duty now, but sure, go on. <laughs> so, yes, I was just like, I, I mean, I'm still curious what it is. It didn't surprise me at all to see it. It was yeah. more just like, okay, there it is. Right? The yeah. uh, skeptic slash cynic in me says that like the reason why it was shown that way is because they this is like, Oh, we're putting out single player. Well, this battle royale ma- mode looks easy. Let's put that in instead. And then somebody went and you know declared that this must be so. And there's a bunch of people in Treyarch beating their heads on their desks Pulling right it now, out trying ass. to pull it like, happen, trying to make I it assume happen. That late last year, they said like the campaign was just a complete disaster. Exactly. And someone said you know that, well, let's just make a battle royale. That's our completely unfounded rumor mural. We have no evidence for this at all whatsoever. Take it with a grain of salt. But it just. The the sequence of events would create some smoke that if the fire if it turned out later to have been the fire that we're talking about we would not be surprised. Yeah, uh, of the actual gameplay that they showed from because the only gameplay they showed was from multiplayer, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, competitive multiplayer. Sorry, because it's all multiplayer. Yeah, now. <laughs> uh, 
is 5v5 now, which I think is... Is it? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was seeing from some people that were at the event today. Um, huh. Uh, and, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. But I but from what I've heard, it's it's good. It's set between Black Ops 2 and 3. Which is good because 3 was bad. I, I, I like 3. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but it's similar. Like, they have some of the characters from 2... Um, and from I don't three, remember I think who the characters were into. What a stabler in it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, no wall running, but uh, like a, a little bit more mobility. So not like tons of boost jumping and flying through the air. Hmm. But there is like a grappling hook that you can like latch onto spaces and it will pull you toward it very quickly. And and higher jumps. Not so not like the previous jumps where it was just like. Uh, you had the mantle only. This was very much just like you can create a little bit of space or a little bit of arc. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, the most significant change was predictive recoil. So the recoil patterns in Call of Duty have always kind of been kind of random. Hmm. Like there, there, there's like a, a set number of them. This is very much something closer to CS:GO, which has a predictable re- recoil pattern. Hmm. So like once you know what the recoil pattern is, you there, can pretty much master it. There so. might as well not be one. Kind of like because you can anticipate exactly. What yeah, I, again, but but like the, again, that still takes a while. It's like getting good in CS:GO is not easy. I don't, feel, I don't know if that's the right way to go. I yeah, I feel like it's not. But you know. uh, it's something also that people have been asking for for a very long time. Like at least for the people who are fans of that, because uh, it, it sometimes just fell off. Like you feel like I should have hit that shot, and mm-hmm. like you didn't because the, the whatever recoil pattern you got in that instance threw you off but how many noobs lives were saved by those recoil patterns <laughs> that, like, that's my thought not too, just noobs it? but like the nor like the sort of normal population as opposed to the hyper enthusiast right. population that, that's why you know like uh uh when i a couple times i've wanted to torture myself for some reason and i was like let's play some csgo and it was like spawn dead spawn okay let's run around this corner dead yeah you know it's because uh uh, the people that get good with predictable recoil patterns get so good that they're undefeatable by anybody who's trying to play the game randomly. So I hope that this that this um, predictable recoil pattern thing goes along with really solid matchmaking <laughs> that doesn't put you against people that are just going to wipe the floor with you. Yeah, I, I also don't know if again if it's that's the audience to try and go for anymore. Because yeah, they, they've, they've they've had this audience for years, and they have to try something that I, they're 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 investing in their esports. I was going to say, well, like, hey, like, that's Counter Strike sure is an esport. What if we yeah. do that? But it's even farther than that. The, of like, you can tweak those those guns in a way that is more clear to people that you 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 want to. Like, if you're like, hey, we felt the recoil pattern on this w- was particularly overpowered. No, we, we tweaked it to make it whatever 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 that variable is i i just feel like you if you want to like look for a direction to go counter-strike is not the direction you go like if you if you're afraid of like losing player base like you don't emulate the game with that player base i don't i don't know where they go then because if you're if they're looking for they're not looking for it to become Fortnite, or they're not looking to become PUBG. They're not looking for it to become any one of those other games. Like, like I think that's the best model you can aim for in a competitive environment. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I was seeing some analysts talk on Twitter that like there's a lot of people that are anticipating that the game is going to do really badly this year. 
um, in particular because of like the massive install base of pub and the huge player base of Fortnite, like, and that Activision will take from that quote, the wrong reasons, which is that like, you can't launch this game without a campaign. Mm -hmm. But I actually think that that would be the right reason. That would be the right lesson (laughs) to learn from this because if it it does really badly, like the campaign is in part there for the people who are interested in multiplayer, but like aren't good at it. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a goddamn travesty that there's a game called black ops coming out this year that has functionally no story. Yeah. Yeah, Cause that was the thing that set those apart. Yeah, yeah, especially the first one. They also they also mentioned bringing back like um, difficulty levels for zombies. So I think that may be like the gap them trying to fill that gap. Right, that um, feels like triage. Sure, but I, I'm saying that's like them. Uh, yeah, you're. I mean, yes, that is them trying to mitigate the yeah. absence. I do think it could sell worse, partially for a letter. Dale wrote in. Dale, I know we've all met this man in real life. Is this before. brain basher or something? I don't know. His name's Dale Martin. Yeah, he's, I, he's, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's followed. He's I've met him. He says, uh, he says, I have a wife, toddler, two jobs, and a mortgage. I find it hard to play all these multiplayer games like, like I used to. Mm-hmm. He says, Do you guys ever find yourself just attaching yourself to one multiplayer game a year? Do you listen to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I was and so just reading that, you know, I was thinking about how like yeah, I could see. We talk about this sometimes with other industry friends I have and stuff about how, like, it does seem like it's harder than ever to get a successful multiplayer game in there because you're having to convince people to play your game instead of the game that they're already, like, super invested in. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, I I guess going back to, like, the the predictive recoil stuff just for a second, I would have been convinced that no one would have played PUBG considering how hardcore that game is. Yeah. Yeah. But but I'm not convinced that that's ever, ever, like the density of a single mechanic is a barrier anymore as long as there's some some people playing it and i think in the the density of a mechanic can be seen as a positive yeah like i don't think uh pubs complication was seen as a as a problem for whatever reason like it became like nope but when you get away too from some of those density like problems you see that your game can be even bigger like you know i feel like yeah Fortnite has a lower well, being skill. Free fucking helped. The lo- Fortnite has a lower <laughs> skill threshold, but uh, way higher. In my opinion, I think Fortnite is a much more difficult game than Battlegrounds is in the in the high in the high level play. Mm-hmm. It is a. I could be pretty good at Battlegrounds if I worked. I will never be good at Fortnite ever. I think mm-hmm. it's different skill sets. I think Battlegrounds is a more mechanically not me- a more sort of skill based game Fortnite is a is there's a level of creativity required it is as still, well as reflexes it is it else. is still like crazy reflex skill to counterbuild on people well, sure the, yeah. but the, counterbuilding the skill, is different than like accounting for bullet drop in the in a fraction of a second right you don't have to account for you don't have to account for bullet drop but you you do still have to account for like the fact that the person on the other side of the map has a laser pointer at your head. It is you know, basically it is, like like quake level skills I was combined say, with StarCraft level building. I was going to say it like reminds me a times. ton of like old school FPSs like Quake and Half-Life and stuff like that where everything shot exactly where you put it. And so it was about who could twitch their mouse the fastest to your head. Combined with the, combined with the fact that you like the build, the way that really good building people play that game, mm-hmm. they are it is like 
the 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 speed of the APM is crazy. Like I just yeah, it boggles my mind. All of which, like I think that that there's a lot happening in Fortnite that will preclude it from like this sort of weird esports trajectory that they seem to want to nudge it toward because there's still like this like we're esports now thing mm. in in game oh, yeah, development. Yeah, people are just making teams like just being like I don't know it's we'll like, sponsor this guy we'll, maybe I play Fortnite competitively. I don't know what that means, but I play it competitively. Um, Until you make more money streaming, so you're like, why am I playing competitive? <laughs> right. Which, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, that's what like a lot of Chinese Dota players do. Like, they, they're not looking to compete. They just stream and make a shitload of money. That's across all of esports right now. Like, pretty much every single esports game, there's a tension between do you stream or do you go pro? Or are you pro and you're making more money streaming now, so now you coach, but you mostly stream. Except you know, for Dota. Um, um, it ha- it, it's happening to, well, yeah, probably not Dota, because I don't follow Dota like you guys do, but like, all the other esports stuff that we're in, we do esports content for different d- different clients that I can't really mention. That, and so you know, we're re- we're talking directly with these teams and doing interviews with them and video interviews for our clients. And this is an ongoing thing where where somebody will be like, "Yeah, I, I used to be pro, but I make so much more money streaming that I just stream now." Yeah, I mean, my favorite member of the Battlegrounds TSM team left. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's. Still technically on TSM, but he is no longer Who? competing. Bat Vis, no really? longer is a battleground. He just he streams for TSM, but he is not a battlegrounds pro anymore because <laughs> yep. he was it was just taking up too much time. So the other, so the analyst thing is one reaction that I'm seeing. The other thing I'm seeing is from a bunch of games press people on Twitter today was that like, oh, PUBG is totally fucked once the battle royale modes come no. for Call of Duty and Battlefield. You might and see some else. hits, and it's but- like. Even you if have, it, have you looked at the fucking concurrent player counts on that game? Even still? if it lost sixty percent of its concurrence to these other games, it would still be a couple hundred thousand people. Also, <laughs> they're always this is the thing. It's a very U.S. centric, North American, and Europe centric mindset. Call of Duty doesn't have a foothold in China. Like, come on. Like and. Is pub is is through Steam still in yes. China, right? Yeah, I. And there, there's a free to play Call of Duty in China. I don't know how well it does. Not that. Not, there's not a, this well. Well, like, no, I'm not. I'll PUBG also be well. curious in China if the Tencent version of Battlegrounds takes away from Battlegrounds mm-hmm. when it comes out. I don't know, but like at this point, there's like 35 million people that have bought pub oh yeah i mean like i said it could lose like you know i I was being probably too mean it could lose 80 percent of its concurrence and still have two hundred thousand players like yeah i also don't think that the 80 percent of the concurrence are in the united states i think the majority of those are i'm saying just the ones that i see on my steam account every day i think Mm -hmm. like i when i was looking at concurrent counts today Mm -hmm. it was at like two or three o'clock pacific time Mm -hmm. and it was like 1.6 that's what i'm saying so it could drop to like two hundred thousand just in america you know like that's yeah, I think around that time, like the concurrence that you're seeing are primarily in the West, not yeah. in China. That's what I'm saying. So that's um, what I'm saying. Even if it just had that, you could lose a massive amount of the American audience and still have bigger than most every game out there. Meanwhile, like it used to be like back in the day when Call of Duty was like huge, quote, like you would look and see, holy shit, there are 700,000 people playing this game right now. I mean, mm-hmm. Rainbow Six is still a huge game and it only tops out around 100,000 every day. <laughs> it's usually like 80. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's it's apples and oranges. Yeah, you still get to the, in uh, yeah in Rainbow Six Siege. What we talked about earlier at Rainbow Six. Oh yeah, just that people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, just broadly pe- speaking, what pe- people it doesn't so, matter. Yeah, <laughs> no, it does matter. Well, I definitely does, don't know what it, I'm talking case, about with that no, game. No, it's not fair to like call people out. 
because it's it's not fair. But there are a lot of people who talk about things who clearly don't know anything about those things, like that, like struggle to feel like they can sort of represent a knowledge base or fake an, the appearance of a knowledge base, like. If you're drawing a comparison, you should be pretty accurate in your comparison. You should have like a basic understanding of the things yeah. that you're comparing. And the comparison that I saw was misinformed greatly. Uh, like the kinds of comparisons that I would make on Rainbow Six Siege are very limited. And like I sort of understand what the game is and how characters work. But like the higher level meta right now is not something that I would comprehend. And so I wouldn't make a comparison along those lines. Just like I would struggle to properly compare For Honor to something. And so I would try not to make those comparisons. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't even know anything about For Honor. Yeah, um, me either. Anyway, I I don't know. I It was disappointing to me to see the campaign stuff confirmed, but it wasn't surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we knew that was Battlefield coming. V is being debuted next week and apparently it still has campaign. I would absolutely like if Battlegrounds lost a bunch of its audience because then there'd be more maybe more an aggressive patch schedule and changes to try and mix things it seems up. like they're already on a pretty aggressive patch schedule there is a lot of long-standing stuff and bugs in that game that i just find increasingly unacceptable for a multi-billion dollar corporation <laughs> i think at a certain point like there are bugs that you can't fix no, they're just new bugs all the time. Like, the current one is the guys all the time appear with no guns in their hands, so you think you're safe, and then they fucking shoot you. They just don't have a gun now. Oh, wow. It's just, like, there's aim punch issues. Like, even the pros I've been watching, there's, like, this is all anecdotal, but the pros that I watch that play Battlegrounds increasingly are like, I'm fucking so over the... Done with this game. Like, done with this game. Why am I playing this game anymore? <laughs> like, long-standing issues have just become like a plague to them to where it's the, it's the kind of thing that when then when when PUBG was the scrappy upstart it was excusable and you right. could sort of laugh it off oh it'll get better but hey look at how great everything else in this game is but this many years on and this much money it starts to feel it starts to feel a lot less like that. this year on what's that the game's been out for a year what did I say years oh it's it's only been a year it's only been a year wow okay well I'm wrong then it's only been a year, but they are... If it's only been a year, then yeah, I, they, they should get a little bit more breathing room. It I just doesn't feel like, like it because I think we've heard so much PUBG for so long. Yeah, I just think that competition can be good for trying to make them... Oh, yeah, definitely. I, 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 it absolutely appears that they are taking competition seriously. Like They are yeah. like doing things to that game on a, on a regular basis. Like They have a pretty consistent update schedule. They do, but their updates are fucking terrible. Like, okay, well, they, there's a fucking difference between them not fixing what Anthony wants to be fixed and them not doing. No, anything. it's that the, it's that the things that they introduce are bad. Like, mm. like I as if I was working there, I would be like as as a company that has the money and infrastructure we have. These updates are unacceptable. Like the quality level of it is unacceptable. Like mm. we are no longer that scrappy little company. We have to operate in a world where we're not that anymore. People don't perceive us as that, and that's how we have to operate. Like when they introduce skins in the games. Their skins were fucking terrible. Their skins were like Russian knockoff company bad. I'm just like, <laughs> dude, hire some fucking artists who can actually make skins that are interesting. So when you roll out the product, you introduce people to this idea of weapon skins like, is an exciting rollout. Go, mm. go hire some of the modders that are doing like CSGO stuff. Exactly. Like there is mm-hmm. there's 80 examples of great gun skins out there. And then they roll out what they did. I'm just like. Who the fuck said that was okay? Like it's just like don't roll don't roll out skins until they're fucking in an acceptable state. Like I just find the the person they're making creative decisions over there and allowing these things to happen is I find that completely baffling. It does the game 
occasionally feels like a victim of its own success in that it's so big that I don't know, like it, it, I, it would, I imagine it would be difficult for one person to have like a sort of creative overview of that game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some rapid fire E3 questions. Right on. Well, yes. you can just hold that, I guess, until I get back. All right, all right. We'll <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess Arthur would know more. What well, James knows a lot, but he probably can't Colin talk about writes it. Says, shit. <laughs> Colin writes in and says, what's the next thing for TVs? I mean, human eyes are dumb orbs of meat that can only process so many <laughs> pixels with colors. And TVs can only get so slim. So what's a Samsung to do once they've maxed out resolution <laughs> and color? Uh, I sometimes think about that, too. Like, at what point, you know, so, HD was cool, 4K yep. was cool. And at some point, though. Uh, Glasses-free 3D. Um, that's, that's something that TV manufacturers are definitely still working on. Um, you think that 3D was this gimmick that went away. And uh, 3D, the way that it was, has gone away. But it's it'll come back within our lifetimes. But it's also every single... St- like major release the movie release is has a 3d version right like they're they're, st- they're offering both still but yep. like all those movies have 3d versions because they're just like well we, we can just release this in the future yep and they, have multiple SKUs and charge more for it yep they they know that 3d like the entire film and television industry knows that 3d is coming back they don't know exactly what format it'll take uh, if it'll just be like super cheap consumer VR that like everybody has VR headsets or if it'll come back through like glasses, fr- glasses free 3D on TVs, um, you know, or if another glasses version will come back somehow. Uh, nobody, nobody really knows, but they just know that eventually it's going to happen. So it's uh, the that's one reason why stuff is still shot in 3D. Of course, the bigger reason is that it just puts butts in seats in movie theaters. Yeah, and I think eventually you go towards different, like, th- like just additional throughput for, like, media devices. Like, that's where the swing comes back around. You go back from the TV tech to storage media and mm-hmm. how, you, like, even streaming and how the streaming gets better. Like, that needs to change mm-hmm. because the way yeah. that you're delivered, like, the amount of people that can get those 4K things is we're back to physical media again. Yep. Like, you can't get... You can't get good 4K streaming in yeah. a lot of places. In a lot of places. So. And the, uh, so, you know, like, uh, there's still room to be had for uh, high dynamic range and color depth. You can still push more colors. You can still have more range in in the dynamic range on TVs. So that technology is just going to keep getting better. Also, um, stuff like viewing angles, like viewing black angles. consistencies, yep. like color but at some consistency. Point, this person's point was at some point... When we've mastered all those things, where do TVs go? I think he was looking for futurist predictions, probably of like holograms. I mean, the the that's the dream, right? What's is it, is it something where like it's not even a display? Maybe it's a thin plane of glass. Okay. Maybe it's a field. Maybe it's a field above a transmission bar that just sits on it. I mean, sits the, on the a thinness stand. is already like they were doing like things that like roll out yeah right <laughs> like that's like that that's is, where you're going so that is the, like there'll be stuff that comes out that way and it'll be like holy shit it's so thin and i just unroll it on my wall and it's like that's great but it looks like shit compared to this other stuff <laughs> right yeah. and then I, eventually that will get better yeah the uh the thing the the tv show that i think has the best vision for where screens and stuff screens as well as personal d- devices with screens can go in the future is the expanse on sci-fi like just canceled uh yeah but um they're the way that the way that screens and devices work in that game is somebody clearly had to think about hmm 
what would the futuristic version of what we have now look like? And it's great. They have like holographic displays, but they require like little panes of glass. So their devices just look like little sheets of plexiglass, <coughs> which I'm sure, you know, with a prop they are. But in the show, they have they have like really thin holographic displays that go just outside the, the border of the glass that is still interactable with a touch. And you can like point it at a wall and you can swipe toward the wall and the image will just like pop up on the wall. Yeah. You know? That's the type of stuff I think would be yeah. super awesome. There's lots of space for, I mean, look at like iPhone stuff and the Apple Watch stuff and all that and like tablets. There's lots of space for things to go. Good question, Colin. Derek writes in and says, we have two more. Curious cool. to hear your thoughts on why Sony and to some extent Microsoft have been so quick to prevent indie titles from coming to other platforms. I love Spelunky and Guacamelee, but with Sony buying both sequels, I couldn't be less interested I feel no way motivated to buy a Sony console. It just makes me like them less. Is this worth the money exclusivity cost them? It's gone PC. It gets more people than it loses, is the general idea. Yeah. Yep. And and they'll come out on PC. And it's more things they can put as exclusive on their thing. And also, they'll both be on Xbox in 12 months. Yep. Like, that's just like Tacoma just came out on PS4. Like, that's what happens... Yeah, they play for an exclusivity window, yeah. not not total exclusivity. And it's usually, like, it's actually a testament to sort of indie power that they can say, "Well, just don't put it out on the other guy's console. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want on PC. Just don't put it out on that thing." Mm-hmm. Yep, because um, that's what the agreement is. Yeah. Well, and they they realize that a lot of indie developers can't make enough money to see a return unless they can release on multiple platforms. I just don't get. Why you have no interest in buying a Sony console? I just I don't know. Some 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 things about different devices rub people the wrong way. Maybe you know, he was it's a like big Dreamcast fan. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't really I don't really like Windows all that much. I've gotten a lot more used to it since you know I've had been working on a been working and playing on a Windows 10 PC for the last full time for the last year and almost a half now. Um, but you know it's there's still certain things about it that just rub me the wrong way even if it even if it is like feature feature by feature completely equivalent or better in some ways than mac os i still just don't like it as much yeah. um you know there's just sometimes there's just no way around that i don't think unless somebody's going to go do a deep academic dive into why they like or don't like something and nobody's going to do that i don't know i have platform preference but i'll play stuff where i need to that's Same. Pretty, that's how i feel yeah Same. yeah um, and even platform preference usually comes down to UI and or controller. Yeah. That's really all it is. Yep. It's not even like I'm just like, oh, this company itself exists in some way that makes me like them more. Right, exactly. Speaking of controller stuff, did you see the adaptive controller stuff? That's so cool. What is that? So I Microsoft has been working with disable, disability charities like Able Gamers over the last three years to mm-hmm. build what they're calling the Microsoft Accessibility Controller. Is that what it is? I'll look it, it up. It looks like a D-pad with two big pads, and then it has a shit ton of these like it, it has, jack inputs to, that you can assign eight, to every controller input. Eighth-inch jack inputs on the back, and basically like you can hook up pedals and sticks and buttons. All the stuff that they already, nice. that already are used for accessibility controls, as right. it is, you know? Yeah. And so you can plug those in and use them. Adaptive controller. And, Adaptive controller, yeah. And so that way you could, in theory, be like, oh, I can't do left trigger, but that's okay, because I put that on this foot pedal, and mm-hmm. this thing I can hit with my chin, I'm going to assign to A, like, and so you can or effectively... Or, like, special sticks you can use with your feet, or with, like, a nub where a hand used to be... Or, or the can, tubes that you can blow in, yeah. or... Um, that is awesome. It's about time somebody did something like this. 
and yeah, t- hearing Phil Spencer talk about it today, today, yesterday, yesterday, yeah, today, yeah, yeah, it was just kind of like they were like, hey, this is just kind of important. Like, mm-hmm. regardless of platform, this is kind of important. Mm-hmm. I, I still see things like that, and I'm like, it is important. And, but to some extent, I feel like things like that are also shrewd, like PR wins. Everything that Microsoft is doing right now is like of two minds. Like, yes, of at least two. Like, minds. I think like, I think there are people working on the project who are genuinely doing it because it is an awesome thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are some people at Microsoft who are like, we should definitely put this out because it is an awesome win for us. It will, like, you know. So like they're doing it because I think that there are people in, internally that want it to be here. Oh, hundred percent. Like it's their mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an entire lab within yeah. Microsoft. And that is coexisting next to Microsoft's long-term attempt to build goodwill before they launch another console. Right. Like everything that Microsoft is doing right now is dam is not just damage control, but trying to rebuild some sense of goodwill and trust before they launch another platform. Right. So that the message is not always online or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> because, and it wasn't because it wasn't just always online that ruined their image. Like they shit on, they didn't shit on. They ignored the enthusiast base for years before the Xbox One came out. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of compensating for almost ten years of ignorance of that that demographic. It's so interesting how the I, I think it's interesting how the Wii scared Microsoft more than anybody else. It didn't scare Microsoft. It it put dollar signs in the eyes of specific people at Microsoft that saw taking over gaming as a way to build the next week. Well, yeah, that that's, that's a certain amount of fear though, where it's like they're taking dollars that we should be taking. No, no, that, that is people like Don Matrick saying, I want a Wii. Mm-hmm. like fuck the Xbox. I want a Wii. So mm-hmm. let's turn the Xbox into one. Right. Like that is, that's not fear. That's greed. Yeah. It was just that. And it was also like that dude just had a stage presence that was like, it made it, he did not have the stage presence of either of the last two people that could go up there and talk about Microsoft stuff to where you were like, this guy, or even the current guy, where you're like, this guy at least seems like he kind of gets it, and I don't hate him. That dude was just like, man. Patrick had a very punchable face. Yes, he did. <laughs> he did, and he just seemed like, he just did not, you were just like, nah, man. You, you, you weren't looking up Don Matrick's face I right have, now. I have a bad thing for faces. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks he like he ran Zynga. That dude, that dude sold your children when you weren't looking. You know what didn't I mean? Didn't he like, run Zynga? Yeah. Yes, he did. He, he did not like have. It. Yeah, and he did not have good ethos or pathos. M a t t r i c k. Yeah, this is the sound of James nodding. Okay, so I'm sure he's a lovely human being. Real quick before we go, I doubt that very highly. Nick writes in and says, "Rapid fire questions: Yes or no? New XCOM or XCOM expansion at E3?" No. No. Alright, I thought so as no as well. Really state for Cyberpunk? No. 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 Arthur's year? Uh, yeah. I think we'll get a year. Arthur's think so? I think no. But uh, PUBG Xbox version updates on new maps, modes, etc. Of yes. course. That happened today. Into <laughs> oh, the breach yeah. on iOS or console? Huh. Uh not at E three. No, you don't think you can see it being part of an indie thing like, oh we got this game in there, but No, I don't. Alright. A release date for below? Yes. Okay. He actually said a I'm fucking release date for below. <laughs> it would not be outside of the realm of my expectation that below comes out during E3. I am glad you're confident about that. I'm not confident no, about that. No, you're confident about the release date. I, I mean, mean, they seem confident about right. that. Like, Mass I, Effect I 1 to 3 remaster? No. You no. think they're just going to let that franchise EA lie? wants yeah. people to forget I, about Mass they, Effect they, they, want, they want everything to be Anthem. Soul Calibur 6 release date. Probably. I didn't even know it was being worked on. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, if he said Soul Calibur 6 announcement, I would have been like, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they announced it. 
Yeah, it's oh, they've never been previews for it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's in Unreal Engine 4 for whatever reason. I had no I don't idea. pay attention to video games. What I want to know findings. is uh, have the boobs gotten bigger? Because sure some of them have. Because that has been that and has is definitely cod, been the march of cod progress piece or whatever. I doubt it. Isn't that the game with the Voldo? The guy. Yeah. Voldo. Like, yeah. It does. The hump Not, there. Yeah. <laughs> He's a weird guy. That Voldo. <laughs> a weird game. Uh, yeah. No, I I think that you'll probably get a, a release date on that at hmm. E3. Not necessarily at a press conference, but from somebody. Yeah. All cool. right. Well, that was all. Do you have any questions about the PC gaming show? <laughs> no one wrote in about the PC gaming show, Arthur. <laughs> I forget that that's a thing every year. Yeah, hosted by Sean Plot. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's like a stand-up thing about it. Yeah, no, that's that's a pro, not a con. Yeah, I also played some Radical Heights this last week. That's too bad. Well, yeah. it, was, it was also because I was like, ah, I could try it out one a couple more times before I go. That yeah. game made rapid progress. I jumped in. And I was like, man, even since the time when it came out, I was like, they changed so much about it in a good way. I was like, hmm. too bad. Yeah, too sad. Well, I, I oh. heard that when they that when Cliffy shut down that studio, he did it in the right way, though. Severance, I assume. Yeah, like the employees knew that it was coming, and that uh, and that they all knew that Radical Heights was them trying to like, you know, stave the wolves off. Yeah, from the door. exactly. Put a bandaid on the wound. Hopefully, make it last a little longer. You know, and but uh, and then yeah, so it it wasn't like. Well, we're fucked. I've run off with your money. See you, fuckers. Yeah. No, it's good. I mean, I have a friend, a uh, previous co-worker that worked there, so I hope And there's the places for people to work in North Carolina. There's a few studios. Like, Epic is there, obviously, and uh, the Ghost Recon devs. Like, mm. that part of Ubisoft is there. Hmm. There luck. you go. Good luck, everybody. Uh, letters at eat.sleep.game.com. I'm at Chuff Money on Twitter and on Twitch. I stream there a lot. With Matt Chandrenay, who streams at Matt Chandrenay. I do. And uh, you can also find Matt at Talking Orange. You should join our Discord as well. I say ours because me and Matt are basically on there all the time. <laughs> so if you've ever wanted to get your Rebel FM answer questions answered, sometimes it's just easy in chat. You just say something and then we'll just respond at random hours. It's uh, it's your Discord. I, I just I just hang out because you got a good community. We do have a great community. Uh, you can find James at James underscore Faulkner on Twitter. You can't, you can't join my Discord. And then it's also it's also James underscore Faulkner for uh, Insta, Instagram, yeah. Instagram, Insta. I'm probably posting photos of. Uh, you can find Arthur on Insta at Pragmagic, and then you can find him on Twitter at A E G I E S. So, all right. Uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Be kind to your pets. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>